So from an application perspective, Customer Connect, it kind of is a very rich portal with lots of capabilities. So the first hurdle or challenge we kind of went through is, where do we even start this from? Welcome to the CIO Exchange podcast, where we talk about what's working, what's not, and what's next. I'm Edie Porter de Leon. This is a part of our ongoing series entitled Customer Zero, where we talk with the members of the VMware IT team, who are the first to use the products that our engineering teams produce. Through conversations with IT and engineering, we see how they are leveraging the technology to solve the same hard problems our customers are challenged with. From multi-cloud complexity to app modernization to the needs of the new workforce, we hear how they are changing IT and the business. In this episode, we are joined by VMware's Senior Director IT, Digital Customer Experience Engineering, Pankaj Purwar, and Senior Director IT Applications Operations, Varinder Kumar as they discuss their journey of modernizing the mission-critical VMware Customer Connect application. During our conversation, they share their experience of transitioning the platform from a monolithic structure to a multi-cloud environment using microservices, and also discuss tackling performance and scalability challenges. They delve into creating a cloud-agnostic solution in a multi-cloud setting using Tanzu tools and the collaborative efforts that made it possible. They'll both touch on unexpected hurdles they encountered along the way and how they managed to keep business disruption to a minimum and downtime to zero. So Pankaj, I want to start out by just talking about what Customer Connect is and not just what it is as an application. What does it mean to customers? How do we manage our relationship with customers and what does it do in creating a customer experience? Give us a sense of what that is. Absolutely, Adam. Customer Connect, it is a rated self-service customer-facing application. And that is being used by millions of our customers and prospects. And the intent of the application is to allow the customers to manage all of their post-sales needs all in one single place. So think about if you're trying to evaluate a product, this is the place to go. If you have bought the products and you're looking for a support, this is a place to go. If you've got to manage your success plans or you're trying to download the software binary bits or you're trying to manage licenses, and the list kind of goes on. This is what the key capabilities what this portal provides to manage all of the post-sales needs all in one single place. And it is quite huge scale. We have over 3 million active users on this web application. 3 million active users. Yeah. I want to call that out, 3 million active users on this. So I think it can already sort of tease up some of the ideas that we're going to be talking about as to why you wanted to modernize this application. Absolutely. The reason was that this portal was being built almost a decade ago. And it served the needs of the time, but then over a period of years, it saw exponential growth in the traffic and it's also grown to a monolith. And as a result of that, it has started giving problems around scalability challenges, around performance challenges. And we used to have like frequent outages. And that really led us to figure out, hey, we got to go modernize the stack. Think imagine of a time where you click on a portal on some link and then the spinner keeps spinning and you can go get a cup of coffee. And by the time you come back, <laughs> We've all had that kind of experience as well. So you're really talking about because of that, that customer experience, so that spinning wheel that just keeps spinning and you're waiting and that's not a great customer experience. So to give me a sense of what the challenge from a customer experience standpoint, you have 3 million users, you have traffic spiking at certain times. What was the real driver for improving the customer experience? What was that inflection point where you decided, look, we can't do this anymore. We've got to change. Yeah, I think the key inflection point that was added around that if the portal is going down so frequently and our availability was pretty bad, the performance on the pages, which I mentioned, was very bad. If this is the portal for our customers used by millions of our users, 
how can that be possible? We got yeah. to modernize our tech stack and that really drove the decision of modernizing the technology stack of this web application. Yeah, and I think it's good to point out too, this is a, a moment now since we're talking about VMware and VMware, this is drinking our own Kool-Aid, this is using our own technology. It would be great too to sort of get an idea and we can go through this in the conversation about if there's some of the sort of the newer, the most the more emerging products and services that you get to put your hands on before anyone else does, you know, any of the customers get this, you get to have this first inside and deploy this and experiment and most importantly, plan and architect on this type of new technology. Give me a sense of what was it like when you first decided that you were going to go on this journey and you were going to be able to start designing something around a better customer experience using the VMware technology stack that you get to put your hands on first? Yeah. So the way we kind of did that was that essentially there are three steps, I would say, at a macro level from architecture standpoint. And then recipe could be applied across any application, across any company, if you will. And essentially those three break down to number one, modernization of the legacy application where you're tracking down that big monolith, tightly coupled, and you're breaking into an independent deployable units using the domain-driven architecture principles. That's step one. Step two is really re-architecting for multi-cloud. And that is where you're refactoring the application. You're using the lightweight databases that could be easily deployed across the public clouds as well as the on-premise data centers. And the third step is really containerizing those applications where that have no data across data center dependencies, and then you can deploy across the various hardware systems on-prem and public clouds. Now, the key here is what we also did was we kind of build a modern application platform, to your point, and that is what was the foundation of that was built all, all on the VMware on VMware technologies, if you will. So we use like the whole of the vSphere, the NSX, the vSAN, if you will. We use all of the Tanzu products around the run, build and manage side of the world. And on top of this platform is where we have all these applications hosted like Customer Connect, if you will. No, I like that. And so there's these challenges that you had from scalability across the board, accessibility, uptime, and you approach those in two different ways. You approach them one from here's the code, here's the application component, and then here's the infrastructure component. How did you address those from a code perspective? And then I think we're gonna hear from Verinder about how we address that from an infrastructure perspective. Yeah, from a code perspective, as I was indicating, primarily the architecture was domain-driven design to break up this monolith into the independent deployable units, which is more microservices-based and cloud-native architecture, if you will. And then we had to refactor our code base to enable that with Tanzu Kubernetes Grid is what one we would be used. So we refactored our application code base and we leveraged some of the lightweight databases to make it deployable across the different public clouds. That was from architecture angle. The other piece we also looked from application standpoint is how do we release these things? Do, should we do a big bang versus should we do like in a small release cycles, if you will? Just put it out there in a big bang. Yeah. <laughs> which way? So which way did you go? So we've actually went more of a agile approach because one, we can get the incremental business value quickly rather than doing a big bang, which may take multiple years to get there. And we're on a journey here. So that was one. The second reason we did that was because we can minimize the business risk. Imagine we were trying to do all of this stuff while the train is running at 200 miles per hour, and we're trying to change the wheels of that train. The whole intent was as we do this, we can ensure that there is zero to minimal business disruption. And Agile kind of really helped us with that because we're doing it smaller chunks, managing our business risk, and getting the incremental delivery business value faster. No, that makes sense. I think delivering the business value faster, I think is the key piece. 
there that you'd mentioned too. And from an infrastructure perspective, how are we addressing some of those challenges? I know kind of covered a little bit of it, but let's dig a little bit deeper into what we did on the infrastructure side, because there's a, a really, I think, interesting multi-cloud component to this. Yeah, so I think that as Ankit mentioned earlier, so we had multiple challenges on the application front, but underneath technology, we also had to modernize. The modernization journey started a long time back. Customer Connect was not the first application for us, but for this particular specific application, Customer Connect, what we recognized was the significance of VMware product tangible Kubernetes grid and why we chose the TKG over native Kubernetes. So what TKG offered was, as was a consistent and automated multi-cluster operation solution across SDGC and the prior public cloud. That was very much needed for us to provide 9.99% availability for the customer connect application. And you mentioned TKG as Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus, right? Correct. That is true. But also like why we chose TKG was, TKG also gave us the flexibility to use various products that we were already in the technology platform. For example, we were using hardware as our repository. We realized automation for CIDs, CICD pipeline, ARIA operation for application. Pankaj mentioned about vSAN. Pankaj also mentioned about auto, you know, the advanced load balancer for our load balancing needs. So the reason we choose is like, so that we can focus on providing this platform faster because we didn't want to go to Big Bang and we, we and some of these component or the product we were already using for non-Kubernetes platform too. So it was very easy for our team to provide the same component while we're building the modern application platform. I want to have these conversations and you have, I'm sure, conversations with customers and other people internally as well, where you have a beautiful architecture, you have an idea of how you're going to execute this from a code perspective and from an infrastructure perspective, but it never goes exactly the way you plan it to go. So... I'd love to hear from each of you too. What were some of the roadblocks you found from the very beginning and how did you change the way you approach this based on some of the challenges you might have, you might've run into just doing the architecture and planning phase and then the rollout phase. What were some hurdles that you had to get over to accomplish that from code and from infrastructure? Pankaj, we'll start with you. Sure. So from an application perspective, Customer Connect, it kind of is a very rich portal with lots of capabilities. So the first hurdle or challenge we kind of went through is, where do we even start this from? <laughs> when you start attacking first, what's most yeah. important? Exactly. What's more important? How do we figure that out? And that was our first challenge because it is like so big portal, so many of capabilities. So what we decided was, let's start modernizing the way customers use this portal. So what happens when the customer comes here? First thing they did is they go into either they log in if they have an account or if they don't have a login, they will go and register. Once they do any of these, then they land into something what we call as a dashboard page. And from dashboard page, they can go to different places like support, to the downloads, software downloads, or license management, or success planning, blah, blah, blah. So that's exactly what we took. So we started off from the customer journey, starting from the landing page, to login page, to registration page, to dashboard page. And as I said, we did like more of agile methodologies, what we have embraced. Each of these capabilities, literally, we are doing in every other sprint. We are bringing to market. So that was one hurdle which we kind of get through. The second was, which I was alluding earlier, was how do we minimize this business disruption and impact to our customers while we are doing this work? Exactly. Because you imagine you're going to be cutting over to a completely new environment. You're reimagining the whole customer experience because you have the opportunity now. 
And how do you cut over to that new experience without providing the old experience of the spinning wheel? Correct, correct. <laughs> and there were two things what we really did there, right? So one was the embracement of the agile approach, which was super helpful because you can manage your business risk there well and you can create that value faster for the customers. And the second thing was more around doing a blue-green deployment approach. And what I mean with that is we had like two parallel environments, having identical environments, if you will, and the app is running on one of them, which is a current version of the code, which is what customers are actually using right at the moment. And then on the other instance in the environment, we will go upgrade the newer version of the code. And then we will do the production smoke testing. We run the test through it. And once we stable, we see it is all good. Then we'll flip the traffic of the customers to this newer version. And then we'll go back to the first environment and start doing the same thing here as well. So that way, it was literally zero downtime when we did that. Zero downtime. No, that's fabulous. Really zero downtime. What's exciting, just as exciting as the zero downtime piece is I love, Fankash, how you were describing the cutover using your hands. So for those listening, you don't get the benefit of seeing Pankaj, you know, use his hands to describe the cutover, which is actually really helpful. I'm thinking maybe we should do this video as well too. We'll move the podcast to video as well, because I think there's a lot of good visual aids that are used. The downtime zero, which I think is really telling based on this approach. And I'm going to pause there too, because I wanted just to check in with Brinder to see from an infrastructure perspective, what were some of the challenges that you faced after you did the initial architecture planning? You started to redesign, as Pankaj was talking about, redesign the way that the customer was going to have this journey. What were some of the first hurdles you had to get over from an infrastructure standpoint? We had a few challenges on the technology or platform side as well. I think one of the key challenge that was that since we were also working as a customer one, it means we were using the latest and greatest software from VMware. So we definitely had some stability issues out of the modern app platform. But I think key thing to notice here was the, why we were successful. I think it was mainly because the collaboration between the VMware engineering business unit and the VMware IT. It was a more like a win-win situation for IT as well as VU, right? While our business unit they were have providing their subject matter expertise to design and improve the solution what we have. But we also, as a, from VMware IT point of view, we were helping them as a customer want to help in the product, right? That was the first challenge. The other challenge that we have, while we were able to provide kind of factory vector solution on platform side, we provided the one platform on private cloud and one on the public cloud, but what we noticed was when we initially provided this platform, it was more like a resemble like a skeleton Kubernetes platform. Definitely led us to adoption challenges. We tried to understand to the application team, Pankaj and his team, hey, why did some of the teams are not ready to adopt this particular platform? Yeah, that's a key piece too, because you've got the infrastructure uh, architecture, you've got the plan that you've got from the infrastructure side. How are you making that critical connection between the application developers who are going to be writing the code for this and how do you stay in sync with them? I think that's a lot of questions a lot of technology leaders are asking right now. How do we keep these two teams in sync to make sure that you're bringing them in early enough so that yeah. you hear what they need? So walk us through that journey. Yeah, we were constantly in touch with Pankaj and his team. So one of the crucial food that we got from the team was there was not enough documentation. While the team was building or designing the solution, there was not enough documentation to understand how to use this particular platform. And also, since it was resembling like more like a native Kubernetes platform, there were not too many automations or the self-service capability that we had on the Kubernetes platform. So what we did was, 
after we received the feedback from the team, we did a couple of things. One is we did, uh, created our own self-service portal that will have a kind of streamlined workflow, some of the self-service tool to create namespaces. So the Pankaj and his team, they don't need to wait for approvals by ticketing system or any other system. No, I love that you created just for this one product. I mean, this is not like just one small product. This is a gigantic effort. But for this, it was big enough that you created a self-service portal to enable developers further tighten that integration between the infrastructure and the development team in order to be able to move this forward more quickly. Talk about how significant that was, what an impact that made just to create that self-service portal just for this project. So when we created the self-service portal and provided this self-service portal access to the, the development team, so suddenly the time to adopt the platform or time to provision the new namespace or time to increase the quota of the namespace, it went from days to minutes. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it definitely helped us from platform side, like we are not doing manual work, but also the development team was very excited to use this particular platform now because instead of waiting for days, now they don't need to wait. And within a minute, you have the right namespace or the right technology to support their development. So it seems like this really supported that agile development approach that you guys were taking to this. It was truly like a team sport because we're kind of bringing all these cross-functional teams together on the infrastructure side, the platform teams, the application development teams, really to kind of bring all these teams together to bring it to the home run. So truly like a one VMware effort. And we saw a lot of benefits from engineering standpoint or IT standpoint. And not only that, we actually saw a lot of benefits from a customer standpoint as well. We got a lot of great feedback as we build out this whole capability. It was really great feedback to see the positive sentiments from the customers on specifically, I would say, how I define the whole customer experience as like three S's. The mm -hmm. so first S is around simplicity. So as we are making this portal more simple and easy for our customers to use. So there's a lot of good feedback around that we observed. The second S is around the speed. How do you make it faster for them? So gone are the days where the spinner is just spinning. Now you're going to get the stuff within less than two seconds, if you will, on the page. So really speed how you enable customers to get the value of whatever they're coming in for to get that faster. And the third S is around the seamless, which is basically trying to bring a unified and cohesive experience. And all of that came very evident from the customer's feedback, which we received after the foundational enablement of the technology, as well as the new bells and whistles, what we built for this web application. Yeah, well, how early did you pull customers in to do initial sort of user experience testing? No, that's a great question, actually. So what we did was, as we were building this capabilities, even before starting to build, to get that frictionless experience for our customers, we actually instituted a program, which we call it as a pace setup program. And that is a program where customers can sign up to help build the future digital experience as an early adopter, or as a design partner. So what that means is basically as an early adopter, they get access to the newest features and updates before anybody else. So they can provide that feedback to us early before we make more of a wider launch to everybody who can use it. And as a design partner, they have an opportunity to actually work side by side with our design teams to actually co-create that experience. So, and we have actually hundreds of customers signed up for this program, which truly helps us. It's a win-win situation where we're getting the early feedback from our customers, or indeed in some cases, they're actually co-creating that experience with us. So they're part of the journey with us. 
So that was really powerful. And then we have other capabilities as well to get the feedback once the production features are on, on the web application, we have capability like what we call as in-product feedback. And what that means is whichever place the customer is on the portal, they can actually provide the feedback right from there itself to us. And we take that feedback very seriously because we analyze all of that data and that really is our roadmap for the future. So that's how we can encourage the customers early on in the process through different mechanics, which I just talked about. No, I think that's great from a customer experience standpoint. I wanted just to take to roll it back a little bit here because I think there's one key thing, one of the reasons why we're having this conversation and talking about this journey that in this project to create this great customer experience, what were some of the early access to products that you guys were able to leverage very early on that may not have been really running in production and other customers? You don't have a lot of examples. Your teams are the ones working on this first. What were some of those products that you got to get your hands on early on and architect with before the customers did? So there are a few products that we used, which were very new to us. I don't think that most of the customers were using when we implemented the solutions. But as I said, right, the one of the main reasons we used TKG was because we could also use some of the existing products that we were already using in VMware IT. But I would say the two products that we started using only as part of this order was the latest version of TKG. So we were looking for some capability with vSAN with the number of persistent disks that we can, or the disk we can support in a particular cluster. So that was not available to the customer. We were waiting for that feature because we were planning to deploy hundreds of applications on this platform. So that was one. The second was on the Tangu mission control, I would say, to manage all the Tangu clusters from the mission control because the TMC was very, very new product when we started using it within VMware IT compared to, I would say, other customers. So I would say those are the two key products, but yeah, we also use some of the other key features like auto-scaling or the vault management, so the password management. So we also make sure that security or the scalability, it is there from them. We make sure it is there as part of our design. We are not thinking afterwards. And if I may add a little bit on the application side, yeah, into that question, all of the Spring Cloud services, we use that extensively. Spring Security, Spring Config Server, Spring Gateways. We have all nine yards out there, which we are able to use this extensively upfront itself. Also like VMware CodeStream, which is for deployment pipelines where you can automate that. Tensu application catalog was very super helpful for the developers because we have the list of all the certified images for the open source applications there as well. So that was really powerful for us. The other piece was around the VMware ARIA, operations for applications, I would say, because that creates the dashboard, one single place to monitor the application all the way from the infra layer to the applications layer. And it provides tons of capabilities around the rich dashboard, which are out of the box and you can customize as well. So quite a bit of VMware technology we used where A, we are able to not just share experiences on how we created that and use those products and challenges and experiences to our customers, but also that provide that feedback to your point back to our product teams being like customer number zero, where we are early adopters of our own products. People call it eat your dog food. I like to call it your own champagne. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a better term. I like that. Yeah, that sounds, sounds a bit more <laughs> elegant, but yeah, we kind of used quite a bit of our products across the board, both from an application front, as well as from an infrastructure perspective. Excellent. And so let's talk about some of the, cause I think it's, it's worth talking about 
How long did this project take once you decided, look, we want to change the way that we do this. We want to move from a monolith and we want to go to a more you know, agile multi-cloud environment. How long was that process? And then what were, what were those results? What was the customer experience like once you completed that? Absolutely. So overall, if I have to look at the time frame, I would say we are on a journey. So we started this journey around mid of 2020. So almost like three years we have been doing this. And there are three stories, if you will, three key elements what we delivered as part of that. So first was the modernization of the applications, which is where we took whole of this gigantic monolith portal and made it into lightweight microservices, cloud native architecture. So that worked pretty well for the first year. That's what we were doing pretty much every month. We had a release to drive that incremental business value faster, if you will. Then the second step was more around building those capabilities on the portal, which will simplify the experience, which will make the experience seamless for our customers and which will make the experience faster for our customers for whatever they're coming from a products and services perspective for all of the post-sales needs. So that was a second step, what we did as part of that. And the third step, which was a multi-cloud enablement, which is now we took it, this application, which was already modernized and made it hosted on public cloud as well. So now we have workloads running both on-prem as well as on the public cloud. So what it drives is that it drives really from a scale perspective our availability. So if I talk about the benefits, one big benefit was we were at 98.4% availability when we started. And where we ended, we are at four nines availability for our application. Excellent. That was humongous given the availability boost for an application like this, right? That's number one benefit. The second is we saw like dramatic increase in the response time of the services. So platform where when you click, you can go and get a cup of coffee, right? <laughs> you can't get a co cup of coffee anymore? Okay. No, you can't because the <laughs> services are like 40% faster now. So you, you can take a sip of coffee job. maybe. And the third, I would say, is also from a developer productivity perspective, we saw big uptick where what did they talk about some of the self-service which he provided for the application team, as well as we saw a lot of the capabilities using in-house where our developer productivity was increased as we moved into more of a cloud-native architecture rather than a monolith. So we improved that by almost 25%. So all in all, from an engineering perspective, a lot of great showcase, and I touched, already touched on the customer angle where we saw some great feedback and comments on the three S's, which I was mentioning, that was really powerful. Excellent. And so I think right now we're at a good point in the show where we usually take to transition it to future forward. What are you looking for in the future? Do you think if you did it now, it would be faster? Like if you started the project now, would it take three years or was the time really more about just being thoughtful and thinking about how you wanted to do it and not really the technology piece? It was more about the people. So I think now I would say a bit more faster. So now that you've gotten to this point in the modernization journey, what does the future look like? What's the next steps and how this application is going to evolve and also what you've learned from this? So I think from a future perspective, what I would say is three things. One is that we'll continue to build capabilities to really simplify and make it more seamless for our customers to really deliver that frictionless experience for our customers, the three S's I was talking so we have a busy, quite stuff on our roadmap, which will continue to build on that to simplify that experience. The second is recently we kind of launched a bunch of capabilities actually. We were doing things like Connect Success, which is all about the success planning and management for our customers. The brand new state of the art stuff. I've not seen any of the industry doing that as yet. And what that is all about is in a nutshell where 
when the customers buy products from us, they're looking to achieve some business outcomes out of our products. How do they manage those outcomes? And that is what is housed in a tool called success plans. And that is what we enable through this portal where customers can actually drive and put together a success plans, the objective, the task, who's the owner, and really track and monitor the outcomes and the plans, what they have put together to achieve out of these products. So that's one part of the capabilities. The second part of the capability, I would say, is more around the multi-cloud. So just like we took some of our services, which are critical customer-facing services, onto the multi-cloud to drive this four nines availability, we're going to look at additional set of features like that, which you're going to evaluate, which will qualify that criteria to actually scale further on the multi-cloud journey from application perspective. And third thing I would say is no conversation is done without Gen AI these days. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, see, look, we almost got through the podcast without talking about Gen AI, but, but we couldn't. We're, we're here now. Let's talk about Gen AI. Yeah, so <laughs> McKinsey kind of estimates that every year, the macroeconomic value, what Gen AI can deliver is anywhere between $2.6 to $4.4 trillion. Yes. That's massive amount of economic value added to our economy annually. Now, obviously, we are not far away with that. So we're trying to do a lot of experiments right now, at least for Customer Connect and other parts of my portfolio as well, trying to experiment to see how can we harness the power of this technology. I know we have the responsible AI framework being laid out for our whole company, and we're doing tons of experiments to see how we can further amplify the experience for our customers using this technology. This has been a great conversation. I think there's a lot that technology leaders can take away from this and the way that you're using applications and technology from VMware before customers really gotten into production. So you're the ones leading, you're the ones who are working with the BUs as customer zero. So I know there's lots that are going on in the future, Pankaj, but in there, how can people find you online, learn more about what you're doing, what your teams are doing? Well, they can actually find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, same here. They can find me on LinkedIn as well. Yes. I think a lot of people are moving over to LinkedIn because the other platform isn't doing what it used to do for most people. So <laughs> LinkedIn's where everyone's moving to. It's fabulous. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Pankaj, Varinder, thank you so much for joining the CIO Exchange podcast. Thank, thank you for you. us. Thank you, Yardin. Thank you for listening to this latest episode. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more insights from technology leaders, as well as global research on key topics, visit vmware.com slash CIO.